तब कथमृतम तप्त जीवनम कविदीड़ कलमशापहम श्रवणमंगल श्रीमदतम भुवि गृणंतुरीदना नेक्चर ऑफ द वर्ड्स इज द लाइफ फॉर दोज हु आर स्कॉर्स्ड बाय द वर्ल्ड द वर्ड्स व्हिच हैव बीन आटर्ड बाय द नोर्स ऑफ ट्रूथ व्हिच वाइप आउट सिंस द वेरी हियरिंग ऑफ व्हिच इज बेनिफिशियल व्हिच आर ब्यूटीफुल pleasing to the ears pleasing to the hearts which are inexhaustible those who recount them on the earth are the givers of plenty om shanti hi shanti hi shanti hi peace 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 be unto all this summer i talked to you about the spiritual conversations of shami vishuddhananda maharaj who was the eighth president of the ramakrishna order he was born in 1883 and passed away in 1962 he was a disciple of holy mother sri ramakrishna's wife and a great illumined soul i met him few times when he was vice president and president he had an amazing personality seeing him you can feel that person's mind all the time is absorbed in god consciousness and when you talk only you talk only about god and he could uplift the minds of the people in no time he used to visit various places in india and he used to give talks he used to tell them how to lead life spiritual life most of the people are householders so he taught them how to lead a householder's life as well as god centered life how you can balance contemplative life and active life that he used to teach to the monks he will talk about renunciation purity renounce shun everything give up your life for god serve humanity but the householders will have a different path you stay in this world but let not be your mind be in the in in, in the world sri ramakrishna's example let boat be in the water but not water in the boat <laughs> otherwise the boat will sink so you live in this world but let not worldliness enter in your mind that he taught very very beautiful way he used to teach the devotees and disciples ramkrishna mission shillong 19th march 1957 generally every afternoon people would come to him and he would talk and those conversations are recorded 
that particular day he talked about sharanagati how to surrender oneself to god please remember as long as we have ego you cannot surrender we all try to hold our ego <coughs> then he was talking offer your body your mind or everything to god how then he gave the example of sri ramakrishna there are two kinds of devotees one is like a kitten another is just like a baby monkey the mother cat grabs the neck of that baby kitten and wherever she wants she takes them and drop them there she protects and the mother when they are completely dependent on the mother but the baby monkey she generally grabs the mother and the mother monkey jumps from one tree to the other so there is a chance of falling of the baby monkey but there is no chance of falling of the kitchen that example he gave how to surrender it was a beautiful example shami turiyananda used to say we practice spiritual disciplines but god realization does not depend upon your meditation and your japam it depends on his grace sometimes i give this illustration self effort and divine grace how it works when you cut a cloth how do you do scissors two blades are necessary to cut the cloth this one is the self effort and this one is the grace this is the way you will have to cut you will have to make an effort then help will come divine help will come sri ramakrishna gave an example be like a hereditary farmer whether there is a drought or rain he does not care he tills the ground but rain comes so that he can get the harvest similarly in spiritual life you make your your you contribute your part then god will contribute his part that he is talking about you know sometimes we become proud oh i i remember one of my friends used to say you know i practice spiritual disciplines 14 hours a day that is also ego i am practicing 14 hours a day big ego that is the spiritual ego he was talking about you know <laughs> Shami Turiyananda gave this illustration. It is a Ramakrishna's parable. A bird sat on the mast of a ship, and the ship left the harbor and went into deep sea. 
Now that bird wants to come back to the shore. It flew to the east, west, south, north. Its wings tired. It could not find the shore. Then bird returned to the mast of the ship and decided by the grace of the ship I will have to cross the ocean. There is no other way. My self-effort will not work. With flying I cannot go back to the shore anymore. He said, this is the call of spiritual life. You will have to tire your wings, make your own efforts. Later on you will find they do not work. God's grace works. Grace will come. There is no doubt about it. Sri Ramakrishna said, if you move one step toward God, God will come ten steps toward you. But you must move. That is the first thing. That is the reason we come to spiritual life. Just to give a start. Then Swami mentioned about bhakti, how to love God. There are two kinds of bhakti. Well, Swami, what is bhakti? Bhakti means devotion. Shanjillo defines bhakti, sa, para, unurakti, ishwari. Sa, sa means devotion, is excessive love, attachment for God is called devotion. You see, we understand love. We love our wives, our husbands, children, home, family, friends. That is love, ordinary love, not parabhukti. Supreme, excessive, intense love for God is called devotion. Sometimes I ask the people, you just put your hands on your chest and ask yourself, do I really love God? You will get a very honest answer. Lord, I want you and you in my life. That Christ said, forsake the kingdom of heaven and everything shall be added unto you. What a great message. Forsake the kingdom of heaven. Forsake God. Everything, God will provide everything to you. He was talking about Bhakti and Raghavakti. Bhakti means preparatory devotion. Do you know what is preparatory devotion? Here. Morning I shall get up. I shall perform the worship, I shall pray, I shall meditate, I shall sing songs. These are all preparatory devotion. Means I am, I am trying to form a habit. You see, people generally try to understand what is character. What is character? Whatever you do, whatever you think, that leaves some impressions in the mind. Those impressions form habit, and habit forms character. Mm 
if you do 80 good thoughts, 80 good deeds every day, month in, month, month after month, year after year, your character is bound to be good. We are not 100% perfect. But you will find your life is changing, character is changing. This transformation is called the spiritual life. You see, when you are God-realized, you will not get ten hands and five hands and ten eyes. Your body will remain the same. Your inside will change. That Vedanta teaches. Transformation. That comes by practice, practice, practice. Bhakti. When you have this devotion, love, dawns, do you know what will happen? You are happy. Sri Ramakrishna said, suppose you have a sailing boat. If you close the sail, you will not catch the wind. And your boat will not reach its destination. Just unfurl the sail. Then the wind will catch your sail and this boat will go to your destination. Unfurling the sail, that is your job. But the wind, that is God's grace. It is continuously blowing. It never stops. Just unfurl the sail. That Sri Ramakrishna said. Your boat will definitely go to its destination. Then, that is preliminary bhakti, as I said. I remember when I was initiated with my sacred thread, my aunt told me, never eat any food without repeating mantra 108 times, Gayatri mantra. It became a habit. Without repeating mantra 108 times, a Brahmin boy will not even sip water. And my mother, when I was a young boy, after I was 15, 16 years old, she would ask, did you repeat your mantra? Then you can come to the breakfast table. That is the way training begins in the early life. You know, it, whatever you train when they are young, those impressions remain in the minds of the children. Extremely important. Oh, some parents say, no, I don't teach my children. They, they will learn. They will learn stupid ideas. <laughs> oh, they will learn. They will know. Through suffering, they will learn. Hurry, <laughs> nurse the baby, protect the child, free the adult. Children must be trained. Good habits, good thoughts, good this and that. That is the way we are trained. I have never seen my mother eat any food without repeating her mantra. Even I saw her in bed, 104 degrees temperature, malaria, shivering. She would change her cloth, sit in the shrine, repeat her mantra, again she will go to bed. Very orthodox people. 
how much devotion these people have. Sri Ramakrishna gave two examples. Prema-bhukti, para-bhukti, supreme devotion when comes. He said, do you notice, due after the harvest, the farmers, the passers-by, they make a shortcut over the field and go to the destination. Otherwise, when there is a crop in the field, they go in a, in a back way, in a zigzag, zigzag way. But when the harvest is done, they go straight from one village to other, through the meadow. Another example he gave, when there is flood, then the boat can go shortcut. Otherwise, river and canal in a zigzag, zigzag way it will go. He says, when the supreme devotion comes, this soul goes like a shooting star to the destination. You know, these similes, this, if you are not born and brought up in a village, I can visualize, because I was born of that village, and I can see that how the villagers go. And when the rainy season, everything is full of water, how they go shortcut. So when you have a supreme devotion, love, no zigzag way, straight you will go. What does Guru do? I remember one Guru said, Guru will give you three things. He will give you, suppose this is the desert. You will have to cross the desert full of sands. Your feet will be full of blisters if you go barefooted. So Guru will give you a pair of shoes, an umbrella and a bottle of water. That Guru will give to you. And you walk. You will have to walk. There is no other way. Guru cannot do that. Guru can make food for you, but you will have to eat. If you do not eat, you will suffer from hunger. Guru can make fire, you will, then you will get heat. The Guru's job is that. Guru will supply everything to his disciples, but the disciple will have to move. The disciple will have to eat. That is the way spiritual life works. Why do you need a guru? Yami Brahmananda, my guru's guru, who was a disciple of Ramakrishna, used to say that even if you want to be a thief or a pickpocket, you need a teacher. If you want to be a pickpocket or a thief, you need a teacher. That so that you will not be caught, you will not be beaten up. And you have come to realize, God, you don't need a teacher? <laughs> that you should say. Swami started, look, Sri Ramakrishna's spiritual journey begins with worship. The deity of the Divine Mother Kali in Dakshineshwar. He was nineteen years old. He started worship. He questioned, is it real? 
or it is a image of a stone. Does it really does God really exist or it is fiction? This young man, 19 years old, started to question about the existence of God. Then he said, let me check. He took cotton near the nostril of that image of Mother Kali. He saw cotton moves. He said, the mother is full of consciousness. Chinmoyi. He was experimenting. Can one see God? He started to cry. Seeing the setting sun, he used to cry, Mother, another day is gone in vain, still thou art not revealed unto me. And the village women would come to pick water from the Ganges, they seeing him crying on the ground, they used to go to the office and say, Look, that man is traveling, suffering from colic pain. Why don't you go and bring him back to home? He cried. And he had that first vision of Kali. I think it was in 1956. Sorry, 1856. Then, once you see God, you will see God all the time, everywhere. So the first experience of Sri Ramakrishna came through longing, yearning, hunger for God, not through spiritual disciplines, crying, crying. You see, somebody came to Sri Ramakrishna and said, Sir, Kishi Hoy, how can I realize God? His plain answer was, Roj Akbar kore kante paro. Can you weep once a day? People shed jack full of tears for wife, for children, for money, who wish for God. That Sri Ramakrishna said. Just ask yourself, have we ever wept for God? Lord, I want you in my life. That he said. Can you cry once for a one for a day? Then he said, Janma Janmantar Monir Glani Onurago Srite Dhuye Mucha Jai. What are the accumulated bad things, scenes or whatever you may say, whatever is accumulated inside, all will be washed away. All will be cleaned if you cry to God. You will be the purest of the pure. That's Sri Ramakrishna said. Do not brood that I am a sinner. Those who think I am a sinner, they are sinner. We are the children of God, children of the Divine Mother. We chanted God's name, there cannot be any sin. That Sri Ramakrishna taught. Whatever you think, that you will be. My secretary took to a little newborn in St. Louis to, to a church to baptize the baby. And the minister was telling, hey, you are a sinner and all these things. My secretary burst into tears. They are Orthodox Christian, you see. Burst into tears. She says, she says Swami, this is a newborn baby, she, that baby did not commit any sin, and the minister said, you are a sinner. You see, as I say, that Swami Vedanta does not 
that is the first league. 19th September 1893, Swami Vivekananda raised a paper at the Parliament of Religions in Chicago. In that lecture, he said, Sin, it is a sin to call a man so. It is a standing libel on human nature. Ye are the children of immortal bliss, that Swamiji said. We make mistakes that not necessarily uh, we will have to put a sackcloth over your face and cry all through your life, I am a sinner, I am a sinner, I am a sinner. That will not help you. Just reverse it. I am pure. Atman is always pure. Our purity, impurity all are in the mind. It is not in your body, not in the Atman. And the mind can be pure. How? Through practicing spiritual disciplines, through meditation, through prayer, through tears. All the dirt and dross of the mind will be washed away. That Sri Ramakrishna taught. You see, Sri Ramakrishna came to make religion simple. In the Vedic period, sacrifice, elaborate rituals. In Treta Yuga, yajnas. In Dapara Yuga, austerities. In Kuli Yuga, he said, if you have no time in the morning and evening, just chant God's name once. That will be enough. She told a beautiful story to Narada. Narada was a great sage, all the time repeating God's name, and he became very proud. I chant God's name all the time. I am the greatest devotee. So Krishna says, Narada, you see, I have a devotee in such and such village. He is a farmer. Could you check what does he do whole day? Narada went and found that farmer, got up from his bed, chanted, Oh Krishna. Then he took his plough and bulls and went to the field whole day till the ground. Evening he came back and he took his bath, he ate and while going to bed he said, Oh Lord Krishna. And then he went to bed. Then he came and said, Lord, he only repeated your name twice when he got up from his bed and when he went to bed. Narada, very good, I am glad that you brought that information. Now I have something to, uh, I am asking you to do something. But what? Here is a cup of oil which is full to the brim. You move around this room seven times. But be careful, not a single drop of oil should be spilled. Narada took that cup of oil, began to move all around and came back after seven times. Narada, how many times did you call me? Not a single time, Lord. My whole mind was on the cup of the oil so that not a single drop of oil should fall. That devotee has wife, children, family, home. He has so much responsibility on his shoulder and he repeated my name twice. And for a cup of oil, you could not repeat my name even once. 
For a cup of oil, you could not repeat my name once. Ram, Krishna shattered his ego, big spiritual ego. You know, holy people have holy ego, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I pray, Lord, may I never have ego. He came to make religion simple. He gave another example. A householder, when he calls on God, do you know what does it mean? Nearly 200 pounds weight on his head. Tremendous heavy weight. And he was passing through the street. All of a sudden he saw a temple and the deity. He lifted it up and just momentarily put it on a, on a wall and was seeing the deity. And then again he put the thing on his head and went to his, to his destination. A householders, when they call on God like this man, his tremendous responsibilities, weight, heaviness on their head, still they call on God. A monk renounced everything, they are supposed to call on God all the time. But householders, family, responsibilities, duties, if they call on God, He encourages them. Just once, you know. Just pray to God whenever you have time. He came to make the religion simple. Where shall I meditate? Mone, bone, kone. That he said. Where shall I meditate? Some people meditate in the forest. Some people meditate in the corner of the room. Some people meditate inside their mind. Select what is convenient for you. What Sri Ramakrishna meant, you will not have to go to the forest where the hermits you will go. You will not have to just if you have a little room. I sometimes those who I come for interview, do you know how do I say? In your home there is any any shrine. If you have a separate room, give to the Lord. That shrine is your resting place. And if you do not have the, if you cannot afford the whole room, give the corner of your room a little bit of space that where you pray. Burn an incense, light a candle, offer a flower. If you, that you corner, if you cannot afford, give a little wall space. Keep some pictures of the deities, gods and goddesses. Create a holy atmosphere in your home. All you have a den for television, den for this, that, family room, all these things, and there is no room for God. What is this? You have room for everything and not a, not a little space for God. Oh my goodness, I went to a man who was the president of the World Bank. My goodness, that one room I saw only wine. <laughs> Wine in Washington, D.C. 
He is the head of the World Bank. My goodness, thank you. I was <laughs> disappointed. Sri <laughs> <laughs> Ramakrishna's God intoxicated state was misunderstood by the temple officials of Dakshineshwar. They thought that he was crazy. Crazy! And they wanted to throw him out. And they complained against him to the owner of the temple. The owner of the temple said, Do not say anything to him, I shall come. He came and saw Sri Ramakrishna was worshipping the Divine Mother. And he was talking to the Mother. As if the whole mother, the divine mother was alive. And he was watching from behind. He was moved. Not only that. One day, Sri Ramakrishna went to the Shiva temple and started to sing a hymn on Shiva. Let me, let me repeat that hymn. Asitogiri samam syat kajalam sindhu patre suraturubara shakha lekhani patramurbi likhati jadi gritwa saruda sarvakalam tadavitabhugunanam isha param najati. If the Himalayan mountain is the ink and the ocean is the ink pot and the celestial tree in heaven is the pen and the whole earth is the paper. And if the goddess of learning learn, write eternally, still your glory will not be ended, O Lord. Where is my, that your vast glory, where is my puny intellect to describe you, Lord? But do you know what? I have devotion, my love forced me to sing the Shiva Sotram. My love is forcing me to glorify you. I am helpless. I know my shortcomings. I know I have very little <coughs> intellect to glorify you, Lord. But my devotion, my love for you is forced me to glorify you. When Sri Ramakrishna was singing these things, the temple guards were trying to throw him out. Mothu said, don't touch him, let him sing. He was protecting Sri Ramakrishna. Sri Ramakrishna hotel, do you know what happens? Iron and magnet. Magnet is always attracting the irons. Irons are helpless. It is always attracting. But the, but the iron, that pin, is covered with mud, magnet cannot attract. The iron pin will be remain as it is. Here is the powerful magnet, because it is covered with mud. That is our problem. Every one of us that got consciousness, that Atman is there. But it is covered with thick maya, attachments, desires, doubts, all impurities. That is mud. 
So God is all the time attracting us, but we are not attracted. That is our problem. God is all the time attracting us, but we are not responding. Why? Because my, our minds are buried with worldliness, mud. That is the whole secret, that is the truth of a spiritual life. Why shall we come to spiritual Do you know what? The more you come near the fire, what do you see? You see light. You see, you get heat. The more far away you are from the fire, you get cold. And you see darkness. The more we get heat, the more we see the light, we get joy. That is called spiritual life. The more you come toward God, you get peace, you get joy. Sometimes I give this illustration. You like it or don't like it. You go to the main beach of Laguna Beach, the gentle breeze of the ocean will soothe you. You cannot stop it. It is the nature of this ocean to give that gentle breeze to soothe us. You go, I have seen some, you know, Macy or all the big shops, they have a perfumes department. You will see one girl will give some perfume on your hand. You smell. <laughs> that means you can buy it. <laughs> How the girls, you know, the perfume girls sell the perfumes in the <laughs> department at the store I saw. A perfume shop, do you know what? You like it or don't like it? The fragrance of the perfume will penetrate through your nose. You cannot, you don't, you cannot help it. You may not like it and may not like it, may like it and may not like it, it will penetrate. That is the reason we go to the holy company. Mm. The moment you will go to the holy company, you like it or don't like it, I can tell you, for, for the time being, you have forgot the world. Mm. The world, worldly problem, all disease, sickness, all disappeared. Now your mind is a higher plane of consciousness. That is the way spiritual life works. Swami was telling, you know, in India, in villages, we are born and brought up in village. Summertime, palm leaf fan. We have no electricity. Palm leaf fan, mother will fan so that we can sleep. Palm leaf fan. But when the wind blows, you don't need any fan. So when the grace comes in a spiritual life, you don't need any practice. You will find constant recollectedness of God. Somebody is, is, is working through inside you. You will float in bliss. If God, we, you, will, do, you know it or no, don't know it, all the caring, we are all caring gods. All inside the heart, in the heart chakra. But we are miserable. We are carrying blissful God inside, but we are miserable. Why? Because we don't know Him. We don't know Him. A spiritual life helps us to know God. Helps us to love God. Helps us to establish relationship with God. That is the reason we come to a spiritual life. Swami said, let me tell you my one personal reminiscences. Swami Vishuddhananda was telling, in 1908, Swami Brahmananda told him, 
Sri Ramakrishna was suffering from cancer in Kashipur Gajan house. One day he told Brahmananda, Hey, could you bring that picture to me? It is Sri Ramakrishna's own picture. That picture in the shrine, that pose. He said, bring some flowers. The disciple brought some flowers. He put the flowers on the picture and then he tossed that picture on his head and gave to his disciples and told him, in the future you will see this photograph will be worshipped in many, many homes. And that is true. Millions and millions of homes you will find Ramakrishna's pictures. Even in Calcutta, if you go with the cab drivers in front of the front dashboard, there is a Ramakrishna's picture. Medicine shop, here, there, wherever you Calcutta, you pass through the street, you will see well, hundreds of Ramakrishna's pictures. Calendar, Ramakrishna's pictures. Ramakrishna Mission, Shillong, 21st March, 1957. Swamiji, Swami still talking about Saranagati, how to surrender oneself to God. He said, give the power of attorney to God. When a small child, you know, parents died, the the, the, the lawyer engage a, power, a person who will be the caretaker, the power of attorney will give him to a person who will take care of this person. Similarly, if you give the power of attorney to God, He will carry all of your due responsibilities. Girish Chandra Ghosh gave that power of attorney to Sri Ramakrishna. He was an actor, dramatist, Do you know what he said? You people are trying to think of God and I am trying to forget Him. He is all the time in my mind. I cannot help. That is called real spiritual life. All the time you will get constant recollectedness of God. That means you are a great soul. Very pure soul. Advanced soul. All the time only the God consciousness. I remember the story of Swami Madhavananda. That Swami was the general secretary. He was also a disciple of Holy Mother. Holding the grill of his room, he was watching through the window in our monastery in Belurmat in Calcutta, which is on the bank of the Ganges. The wind was blowing and he was watching. And a monk was waiting for him behind, waiting for 15 minutes. And he was watching and watching and watching. Then when he turned his back, he saw, Oh, you are here? Yes, Maharaj, I am here waiting, waiting for you to talk to you something for 15 minutes, but you are not here. What you, please tell me what you, are, what, what, you are say, what you are seeing. Please tell me. You know, I was last 15 minutes, I was watching the, 
leaf of the coconut tree. Fifteen minutes I am watching the leaf of a coconut tree. Why? I was watching the wind is blowing the, from the Ganges. Sometimes the leaf goes this direction. Sometimes I see leaf goes that direction. Sometimes I see leaves goes this direction. I see the, in whatever direction the wind blows, the leaf goes that area. The leaf is moving according to the wheel of the wind. That I was watching. Do you know why? I was thinking if I could be like that, like that leaf of the coconut tree. That whatever direction the Lord will drive me, I shall go to that direction. That leaf does not have an ego. I have complete surrender to that wind. So I like to surrender myself completely to God. That I was watching. You know, if you do not live with these people, you do not know how they lead their life. They really lead God-centered life. God first, then the world. Then Swami quoted this Gita. It is a famous verse of the Gita. Ananyas chintayante mam jijana purjupasati tesam nittavijuktanam yogakshimam bhaimyam it is in the ninth chapter of the Gita. Krishna is telling Arjuna, those who worship me, meditate on me with one-pointed devotion, with one-pointed mind, tesam nittavijuktanam, they are a real yogi, and I provide whatever they need. Yogakshemam Bahaimaham, I carry their all responsibilities and all their needs. Now, a Pundit, a great devotee of Krishna, read it. That he was he was not well to do at all towards his wife came and said in the morning, Hello, today we have no food at home. We have nothing. Go, bring some food. He was thinking, my goodness, day and night I am thinking of God. And Krishna said this. Then Krishna's words are not true. So he took a red pen and do you know what did he do? He with the red ink, he, he wrote, behind my home, he cut it, cut it. Three, three, three lines, he, the red pen with three lines, he cut it. Then he went for begging food. Food, he went beg, he could not get any food. He's a, like a holy person, you know. In the meantime, after a couple of hours, a, a young boy came a basket of various kinds of food, groceries, fruits, sweets, a big basket, and brought to his wife. And she said, hey, you know, I, I, am, I was a little late 
Bule, I see some red marks on your back. Bule, your husband hit me thrice. That is the reason I was a little late to bring this food to you. Please take it. Oh, my husband is so cruel. Bule, yes, that is the reason I, I, am, I brought these things. Please stay here. No, 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 I cannot stay. I'll have to go. He left. In the evening, afternoons, this Punjit came back and his wife was telling, what kind of man you are? That your student came, you know, with all food and you beat him three times? Then Punjit said, my goodness. Is that so? It is God, it is Krishna brought that food for me, for us. So again he went to his room and with the black dark pain he wrote Bahim Maham, Bahim Maham, Bahim Maham. He wrote three times. What Krishna says is true, true, true. This is a story. <laughs> Indian folklore. We know this story very well. Why, how God provides everything for us. Swamiji was travelling during Swami Vivekananda was travelling during his itinerant days. Monks do not carry money, beg only food. So he was travelling in a train and got down a particular railway station and a rich man was taunting him. Huh? You are a young man, why don't you have a job? Earn money, enjoy life. Look how I earn money, I am a rich man, I enjoy food and and In the railway station, some stations, some the government, the railway department, they distribute drinking water, that area. So, those who give money to these vendors, they will get water. And Swamiji doesn't have any money, so he did not get water. He sat down under a tree on the platform waiting for the next train. Meantime, a man came with the with the carrier, you know, in the in the cloth bag, various kinds of puri, some curry, sweets, various kinds of food, and a jug of cold water. And he was searching somebody on the railway platform, Swami Vivekananda. Then he came to Swamiji and said, "Sir, I have brought food for you." Oh, no, 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 you do not know me. Perhaps this food is for someone else. Please go. No, sir, you are the only monk in, on this platform. There is no other holy person in this platform. I brought this food for you. Please eat. Then Swamiji, yes. Then this man, this man told the story. I am a confectioner. I have a food shop in town. After lunch, I was taking a nap. Lord Ramachandra appeared before me and said, Hello, you get up. 
one of my Djiboutis in the railway platform have, has no food and no drink. Make some food and drink and feed that holy man. I thought dream is a dream. I just took my sight and I was trying to sleep again. <laughs> Meantime, again Ramach, Ramji, Lord Ramachandra appeared before me. You won't listen to me? <laughs> Your shop, everything will be destroyed if you do not listen to me. Right, right now make food and carry that to that holy person. But I immediately got up, brought this food and this cold drink, please eat. Swamiji was thinking how Lord provides everything. It is Swamiji's own life, you know, it is, a, it is not a <laughs> fiction, it is the truth, true story. Then Swami told another story that how God protects his devotees. It is the Kurukshetra war, as you know, the Gita was taught on the, on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. I remember I went there in 1901. I had the desire to see the place where Gita was taught by Krishna. It is 80 miles away from Delhi. It is in Haryana now, it is a Kurukshetra. It is a very holy place. There are many, many, many monasteries in that place. And big lake. People go there to practice austerity. So anyhow, I, whole day I was there. They make a big pavilion. Do you know what? A museum. First day war, second day war, third day war. All 18 days war, they depicted with three-dimensional. It is a fantastic thing they created in Kurukshetra. Huge. So I was a VIP, you know, so I was given a special <laughs> guide and treatment. And <laughs> so anyhow, what happened? Eighteen million people are fighting. One side eleven million people, another side seven million people. Eleven unrighteous party, eleven million, righteous party, seven million. And Krishna is the righteous party's charioteer. And Arjuna was fighting but not doing very well. And Bhishma, the commander-in-chief of the unrighteous party, are massacring the Pandavas of the army. Then, Bhishma was thinking, Bhishma has a boon, the death is under his palm. If he does not want to die, nobody can kill him. So Bhishma was thinking, you know, if this holocaust can be stopped, if I can kill those five brothers. So he decided that tomorrow in the war I shall finish them. So he selected five arrows to kill those five brothers. Krishna came to know about it. Krishna told Yudhishthira what to do. Yudhishthira said, we have nothing to think, worry about. 
you are our protector, you are Krishna, you are God, you protect us. Krishna was in deep trouble. <laughs> what to do? I'll have to protect my devotees. He told Arjuna, look, you go to Durjodhana and ask him, you see, this war is very interesting war. War will be sunrise to sunset. After sunset, they are friends. They are moving each other's you know, tent. There is no problem. But sunrise to sunset, we are enemies. And sunset to sunrise, we are friends. So what happened? But well, Krishna taught Arjuna that you go to Dur uh, Durjodhana and tell him the head of the unrighteous party that you know could you give me the your royal dress you promised that one day whatever you will ask you will give me in that war so Arjuna went to Durjodhana Durjodhana you remember you promised that whatever I shall ask you will give me I like to have you want to want your dress that royal dress oh you want this dress take it I have many he came with his royal dress. Then Krishna says, put on the dress and go to Bhishma's tent and tell him, Grandpa, I have come to you. To, I am so pleased that you will kill the, the five brothers tomorrow and you selected five arrows. Could I have those five arrows and I shall keep it in my custody? Tomorrow morning I shall give to you. Otherwise, Krishna and Pandavas may steal it. Oh, Bhishma is an old man, you know, dying, lying down in his bed. Oh, Raja, he thought he was Durjodhana. Oh, you have come here again. All right, with the five arrows are there, you take them. So, Arjuna took these five arrows and came back to Krishna. Then, again, Krishna went to Bhishma. Hello, Grandpa, how are you? He is Grandpa for everybody. Well, I'm doing all right. Grandpa, we are so happy that the five arrows you selected yesterday to kill the five brothers, Arjuna took all those five arrows. What? It is your <laughs> planning. You befooled me. You broke my vow. Tomorrow, in the war, I shall break your vow. Because Krishna took the vow that in the Kurukshetra war, he will not touch the weapon. He will be just the charioteer of Arjuna. I shall not touch the weapon. Do you know what happened? Next day, Bhishma was massacring the Pandava army. And Arjuna could not fight. He was a great hero. He could not fight. Krishna says, Hari, you cannot fight. He jumped for the chariot and called his Sudarshan Chakra. With the Sudarshan Chakra, man, that weapon, nobody can stop it. And only Vishnu can have that weapon. He can cut anybody's head at any time through this weapon. That when he took this weapon and was running toward Bhishma, Bhishma immediately dropped his weapon and prayed to him. 
Ehi Devi Shajogannivasa. Oh Krishna, please come and kill me. And Arjuna went and you are breaking your vows, you know, please don't do it. Come, come back. I shall fight, I shall fight. Arjuna was to bring back to Krishna. So God even break his vows for the Jabujis, you see. These are the stories of the you know, fascinating stories of our Ramayana and Mahabharata, the Swami used to tell. You see, these people, those who are these, they're housewives. Some do not have much education. They can imbibe this kind of attitude, self-surrender. If you surrender yourself to God, God will give you all protection. These things are inherent in the Hindu mind, you see. These are the stories, Ramayana and Mahabharata. Suppose they do not have any education, but they have spiritual education. This is scriptural education through listening from the holy people, they learn. Amazing. Swami says, this is called self-surrender. Then he told another story. <coughs> there was a yogi, Swamiji, met him, Pauhari Baba. I went to his ashram, I think three times. It is 50 miles from Benares. <coughs> he used to meditate in a cave. One day a cobra entered that cave. <coughs> and people thought that he, the yogi would be dead because the cobra will bite the yogi. After a short while, the yogi came out what happened? The cobra did not bite you? No, why? I did not do any harm to anybody. So nobody can do any harm to me. That cobra is a messenger of God. A messenger came from my beloved. That is said. That cobra is a messenger of God came to me. Then Swami told Another story. You know, there was a milk woman used to supply milk <coughs> to a guru, and he was a little late. He used to, she used to come from the other side, other side of the river. So the guru said, "You are so late. You must come quickly." Well, I had to wait for the ferry boat. Chanting God's name, people can walk over the river and you cannot come. Please, that's so. That milk woman was so simple, unsophisticated, pure. He, she trusted wholeheartedly the, the Guru. And then from next day, he was walk, she was walking over the river and supply milk at the right time. Then Guru said, nowadays I see you, don't, you are not late, you bring milk very, very sharp. What is the matter? Well, I walk over the river, you told me. He said, so I like to see. The Guru came to see that, and this milk woman just chanting God's name and just walk over the river. And the Guru was trying to walk. He was chanting God's name. He put his foot on the water and it was knee deep, more down deep. <laughs> but what is the matter? You have no faith. 
তুমি হরিণ নামও করবে আর কাপড়ও তুলবে ইউ উইল লিফ্ট ইউর ক্লথ অ্যান্ড চ্যান গডস নেম টু থিংস ডু নট ওয়ার্ক ইউ হ্যাভ নো ফেইথ ইন গড বাট দ্যাট মিল্ক ওম্যান হ্যাজ ফেইথ সো ইস ইউ ওয়াক টু ওয়ার্ড দ্য রিভার স্বামী সেজ ইন ইজ স্পিরিচুয়াল লাইফ ফেইথ হেল্পস ফেইথ কামস ফ্রম এক্সপিরিয়েন্স ইন দিস ওয়েজ স্বামী টোল্ড স্টোরিজ আফটার স্টোরিজ and told them what is a spiritual life how to lead god's central life thank you tonight